You don't know where God is leading you. But you will never find out if you don't go and do what he's told you to do. And now for The Pastor Struggles Part 2. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother... You need the word. And concerning today's message, God says the majority of this congregation has this issue. So that means over 50%, probably much more than 50%, but God just says the majority of this congregation has this issue. Now, most of the Bible is actually in story or narrative form. From the very beginning to the very end, it's told predominantly in story or narrative form. So instead of preaching today, I want to tell you a story. The reason that I was not here on the last service of the year, on the New Year's Eve service, and the first service of the new season Because God had spoken to me and he said, do not be in Atlanta when the new year comes in. So I could understand that very clearly. But a few days later, I asked myself, well, where do you want me to go? Because oftentimes you need to kind of get a little bit more of the picture. If he didn't want me to be here, I wanted to be exactly where God wanted me to be. So I said, where do you want me to go? And often God will not answer you in just clear, definitive terms. So what he told me was, he said, The 25th latitude. Now, I want to give you, first of all, a brief geography lesson, because some of you have no idea what the 25th latitude is. If you would put the first picture on the screen. Now, this is a diagram of longitude and latitude. Longitude and latitude, basically, these are the man-created coordinates that define the Earth. It's what your GPS system uses. The 25th latitude, if you look at the graph on the screen, the earth is divided into grids. And the grids that go horizontal, if you can imagine latitude is like a ladder. That's the way I always differentiate between latitude and longitude. Sometimes you have to attach mnemonics or words to stuff. So I know latitude is like a ladder. So it's the horizontal lines that go across the earth. And if you can imagine like you're climbing Jacob's ladder, those lines are the lines that horizontally go around the earth. Now, the latitude begins at the equator. The equator is the absolute center of the earth. It's an imaginary line, but it's the imaginary line that goes around the center of the earth. That's zero degrees latitude. If you go up, the North Pole is 90 degrees latitude. So if you can imagine a right angle, zero is right here and 90 is right here, which is the North Pole. So if you go up to plus 90, that's 90 degrees. If you go down to minus 90, that's the South Pole. So you can find anywhere you are on the Earth from the North Pole to the South Pole by knowing the latitude. But you also need to know where you are around the Earth, and that's the longitude. The longitude begins at a town in England called Greenwich. And that's where we get what's called Greenwich Mean Time. It's where the zero hour begins. Atlanta is actually five hours before GMT or Greenwich Mean Time. 
So if it's 11 o'clock in Atlanta, it's five hours later in Greenwich Mean Time. This is particularly important because this is the time that the military uses. Well, why does the military use GMT? The military uses GMT because of Custer. You all remember General Custer? Well, General Custer, with Custer's last stand, was supposed to have an attack at 6 o'clock. Well, they got it mixed up. They thought it was 6 o'clock a.m., but it was 6 o'clock p.m. So General Custer had no reinforcements when he did the attack. So the military said from here on out, number one, we will never use a.m. and p.m. That's why the military always uses 24-hour time. So 6 p.m. is 1,800 military time. The other thing that military does, they never use time zones. Because if they're going to do something around the world, they need to all be on the same time. You know, if you're going to fight a battle, you need to be on one accord. You need to be on the same time. So the military has to make sure. So the time the military uses is Greenwich Mean Time, that zero longitude that begins in that little bitty town of England. And there's a whole history. I don't have time to go into a white they use that town, but that's where the zero degrees begins. You go around to the east, that's a plus. You go around to the west, that's a negative. So it goes all the way around to 180 that way and then minus 180 the other way. So with those two coordinates of latitude and longitude, you can find anywhere that you are on the earth by those two numbers. And if you look at your GPS, we're in the minus 84 western quadrant or western half of the world. So if you look at the longitude and the latitude, if you know those two numbers, you can find exactly where you are anywhere on the earth. There was a man out doing a survey during my house. And he had a little GPS unit. And I said, you all do surveys now with GPS? I said, is that thing that accurate? He said, this thing is accurate to one five hundredth of an inch, which is less than the thickness of a sheet of paper. So if you know those two numbers exactly, you can plot exactly where you are on the earth. So God says, I want you to go to the 25th latitude. I said, that north or south? Because it makes a difference. Because if you took the 25th latitude north, it's this way. If you take the south, it's the other way. So he said north. So I had to get a map and find out what was on the 25th latitude. There's a whole lot of countries on the 25th latitude. It goes through China and India and Pakistan, goes through Mexico, goes through some parts of California and some parts of Florida. But I saw a little island in the Bahamas called Eleuthera. So I'd never even heard of that. And it went through this little island. I said, that's where I'm going. It's on the 25th latitude. I'm going to Eleuthera. So that's what I set up to do. And when I made my plans, I went to Airbnb, rented me a house there, made my flight reservations. And about a week after I made my flight reservations, I got a notice that I had been upgraded for the first time. And I fly a lot and I don't buy first class tickets because the first class ticket costs you about two, three times as much as a post ticket. I just won't pay that much. Just won't do it. I got a notice that you had been upgraded going and coming to first class. Not only was I in first class, I was in the first seat in first class. You know, when you do what God tells you to do, there's an automatic upgrade with that. Your class will change. If you just do what God tells you to do, there is an upgrade that comes with that. So I got on my flight. And I arrived first class on my birthday, which is December 31st, because he said, don't be in Atlanta when the new year rolls around. So I touched down in Eleuthera about one o'clock in the afternoon, rented a car 
And the first place I went, I had found on the map where that 25th latitude crossed the highway. I didn't have to worry about a whole lot of highways because there's only one highway. One road go down the whole island, so I didn't have to worry about that. So I drove to that place. I had bought some flags, put up the first picture. Now, this is the area where the 25th latitude, there's nothing out there. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Now, put the second picture up. So I put some flags down because... It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when I got there, but I knew I was going to be there when the new year rolled in. It was going to be midnight, and there are no street lights, So it's going to be dark. So I had to make sure I knew exactly where to zoom in the third picture. I actually put flags with the 25th latitude on it. So I knew exactly where I was going to be. I had my GPS unit. I had it down to where I was within two feet of the 25th latitude. And that's where I knew I was going to be when that new year came in. And God spoke and he said, I want you to spend an hour there. You spend 30 minutes before the new year comes in and 30 minutes after. Now, a friend of mine, Earl Boyd, who I went to college with, you all know him because he was the one God told me to have to pay his way to come down to the Billionaire Principle Series. And he would fly from Philadelphia every week to come hear me preach the Billionaire Series. I was talking with him about some business stuff. And I said, Earl, I said, I'm going to a Lutheran and I'm going to be there from December 31st to January the 8th. I said, I'm renting a house. It's got two bedrooms in it. I'm not going to be using the other bedroom. Man, if you're free, you're welcome to come on out. He said, let me check my schedule. So he checked his schedule, and he emailed me back. He said, I'm going to be there on Sunday. So Earl came in on Sunday. But, you know, I told him what I was going to be doing. I said, I'm going because of a spiritual reason. I'm going to the 25th latitude. The 25th latitude, latitude is also called parallel. So sometimes you hear people talk about the parallel. So you can call it the 25th latitude, which is technically more correct, or the 25th parallel. So I said, I'm going to the 25th latitude, and at midnight, I'm going to be sitting there in the middle of the highway, in the middle of nowhere. He said, what? See, sometimes when you tell folk what God has told you to do, they'll say, what? And he said, you're going to be in an island you've never gone to in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. Man, they said, don't you know how dangerous that is? I said, look, man, first of all, it's a remote island. Ain't no tigers and stuff and all that on the island. And the other thing about it, I'm going to be where God told me to be. I would rather be in the middle of the jungle where God has told me to be than sitting at home if he's told me to be somewhere else. There's a protection in just being and doing where and what God has told you to do. So I said, I'm going to be there. And then I said, well, look, I'm going to call you by 1245 just to make sure you got home all right. (laughs) So anyway, I put those states there in the ground. And then I left there because that's the first thing I did. I left there to go find the house. Well, when I left there to go find the house, I had the map directions to the house. But the directions they gave me to the house was not to the house. It was to the middle of town. So I'm sitting in the middle of town not knowing where in the world the house is. So I drove around and I saw this man sitting outside. And he's sitting outside. He had a glass drinking something in it. It was beer. But anyway, I pulled over and I asked him, I said, look, do you know where this house is? And I had a picture of the house. And he said, who owns the house? I said, well, Barbara. He said, which Barbara? He said, there's only about 700 people in the town. He said, we know everybody. Now, do you know if the man knows everybody in the town, what do you think God knows about you? Do you know God knows you? He knows everybody. Not only does God know Barbara, he knows what Barbara been doing, what Barbara doing right now, what Barbara going to do. But this man happened to know everybody in the town. When I showed him the house, he said, I know exactly where it is. Let me get in there. I'll show you where it is. He hopped in the car, took me to the house, 
Barbara's sister was there at the house spending the final touches on cleaning it up. And I said, let me take this man back because he brought me to the house. So what I did, I marked my location in my GPS and I took him back and I came back to the house. When I took the man back, I tried to give him a tip. I tried to give him a $20 bill for taking his time out to show me where the house was. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, this is not the way we do it. He said, I'm just glad to help. You know, when God is directing you somewhere, you get favor. You just get favor. The man wouldn't even, and like he could have used the money to get him some more beer. The man just wouldn't even take the money. So here I was, and later that night, about 11.15, I said, let me head on over there to make sure I'm there at 11.30. I'm going to be there early. So I put the location of the flags where I had marked it so I can go right back. See, it was nine minutes away. So I got in the car. And I drove over to the spot. I was there at 11. I was there really before 11.30. 11.30, I went into prayer, but I also was streaming the service here. Even as I heard C. Elijah preaching, and he said, God told Abraham to look up at the stars, and the number of the stars would be like his descendants that he couldn't even number. When he said that, I got out of the car and looked up at the stars. I sure did. It was almost in the middle of the night. It was pitch black. And see, with pitch black, you can see more stars because you don't have what's called light pollution. And that's why they always put observatories up on mountains, always away from the city, way away, because city lights cause light pollution and you can't see as many stars. So there on that island with no street lights and no lights, it was just full of stars. So when C. Elijah made that statement that God told Abraham to go out and look up into the stars and his descendants would be like the stars in the sky, I saw a whole lot of stars and I got back in the car and I went on and continued to listen. And right at midnight, as I was praying, the first thing that happened after midnight, a mosquito bit me. I wasn't sure whether an angel would appear. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was expecting something great to happen. A mosquito bit me. First at 12 o'clock, oh, not even oh, one, like one second after the thing hit 12 o'clock, a mosquito bit me. I said, what in the world? See, sometimes people, even if you're trying to do right, you're going to get some blood suckers attached themselves to you. <laughs> Stuff just going to happen. You can't avoid it. Even when you're doing what God has told you to do, you will get some blood suckers going to attach themselves to you. So God was telling me, even as you move into this new season, you're going to get bit. Don't be some stuff happening that you may not like, but don't worry about it. I made the blood suckers. See, God created everything. And sometimes you create situations that you have to go through for varying reasons that you may not understand at the time. So I stayed there, but I did roll the windows up after that. <laughs> so at 12.30... I put in my phone on the GPS app to go back to the house. And the GPS app said 37 minutes. I said, wait a minute. It said nine minutes on the way up. Now it's talking 37 minutes. I said, what's wrong with this? So I started out driving. After about 10 minutes, I said, this don't feel right. It was dark. It was in the middle of nowhere. So I turned around, and I'm just driving and driving and driving in. I said, maybe I just, I cleared the GPS, put it in there again. Then it said 52 minutes. I said, what in the world? (laughs) What in the world? The GPS app went absolutely crazy. I never had this happen before. So at 1245, my friend called. He said, you back in the house? I said, I'm lost. 
you mean you lost? I said, I am lost. I said, I can't explain what happened, but I cannot find my way back. I don't know what happened. I'm just as confused. I am lost as I can be. See, I was not expecting that. Sometimes you think if you're in the place where God wants you to be, oh, everything, the heaven's just going to open up. It was like when Jesus, the dove came down and lit on him and all this, he saw the heaven and God sent him straight into the wilderness. I was literally in the wilderness and I didn't know where I was and my GPS wasn't a bit of help. I looked at the GPS and the little arrow that indicated the car was just sideways on the road. I said, what in the world is wrong with this GPS? A friend called me back again. You home yet? It was then about 1.15. I said, no, I still not. I'm still lost. I said, man, what in the world? I said, you may have to sleep out in your car. I said, look, I'm where God told me to be. And at least if I even have to sleep in the car, I got a car to sleep in. Ain't that bad? Folks sleep in that car all the time. See, first of all, people, your situation is not as bad as it look. You got to look at what you got. I didn't have a house at the time, but I did have a car. So if I did have to sleep in the car, I would just sleep in the car. And no big deal. You've got to learn how to take what life gives you without getting all upset. Now, some of the people would have been all nervous, all upset, all fussing, all cussing, all mad. I said, this is another adventure. I might as well enjoy it. And I just kept driving. And I would get to the place where the GPS said, and it would say, you have arrived. <laughs> and I looked around. I was in the middle of nowhere. I said, what is wrong with this GPS? And finally, I just had to turn that GPS, go back to the center of town and find my way from where I had come earlier that afternoon. And I finally got back to the house. Now, it was a real interesting experience. So Earl and I, on that Tuesday, which is almost a week later, we were out on the beach, laying in the beach chairs. And and I was relating to him that experience. I said, there's no question in my mind God orchestrated that, but I don't know why. And I'm laying there in the sun, and I just began to think, and then it hit me. I depended on GPS for direction. I was there all that time, but I never asked God, what do I do for this coming year and this coming season? I never asked directions from God. I depended on the GPS, and God was showing me, look, man, I can take your GPS and spin it on. I got the latest, most powerful phone made. And that thing wasn't worth a quarter. (laughs) It was saying, you have arrived, and I was out in the middle of nowhere. See, people, sometimes we're depending on material things. And they will not take us where God wants us to go. We're depending on our degree. We're depending on our bank account. Sometimes we're depending on our physical condition. We're depending on stuff that will not take us where God wants us to go. And I told Earl, I said, Earl, I said, I think I got this thing figured out. I said, I never asked God what I should focus on or where I should go for this coming season. And I bowed my head and I asked God. Now, this is the part that God says most of the congregation has an issue with. This is the part because God answered me right away. Didn't have to wait a long time. It's just as clear as a bell. God answered me right away. Did he tell me what I should focus on and what I should do? Nope, that's not what he said. 
But what he said, God says, relates and most of your congregation has an issue with the same thing. Let me read you exactly what God spoke to me. He said this in a very clear voice. And I want some of you who can relate to this to see if you can hear God speaking to you right now. But this is what God told me. After all that twisting up I'd done, trying to get back to the house, took me one hour and ten minutes to get back. One hour and ten minutes. This is what he said. He said, you have not done what I told you to do the last time you asked me that. Two years ago, we were here in the ark. And Pastor James had just made a statement and he said, I want everybody to just ask God what they should focus on. Pastor James, do you remember what I told you God told me I should focus on? You don't quite remember. And you don't need to remember the other man. You need to remember your own stuff. I'm going to stand up and I want you to look at this shirt. Does this ring a bell to what God told me to focus on? Still don't ring a bell. No. He told me that you need to focus on Coach Bronner. You remember that? That's it. Now, the thing about it, I focused on Coach Bronner for a few months. It went from a few hundred followers on Instagram to 50,000 in just a few months. And after that, I just stopped. I still did it, but I just didn't focus on it. In other words, I half did it. You know that God tell you to do it? You just half did it. Sometimes God will tell you to become a member of a church. And you become a member, but you just half become a member. You just half do it. So I had just half done. I did it, but I stopped focusing on it because this thing taking too much time, taking too much money. Yeah, I see it building real fast, but it's just taking too much time. And I stopped. So God told me, you have not done what I told you to do the last time you asked me. And see, we always want something new. We always want to hear a new word, a preceding word. You have done the last word God told you. Now, there are some of you, no, I'm going to say exactly, most of you are listening to me right now. You have not done the last preceding word God told you to do. There's something he put in your spirit, and you may have started it, but you didn't follow through, or you stopped it. So I am like that. I'm just like you. I'm this flesh, and this flesh get weak, and this flesh sometimes fall off, and this flesh just does all kind of stuff, and we get lost from what and where God has told us to do that. My life is going great. It really, really is. But how much better could it be if I was in full obedience to what God said to do? My sons and I, we began a Bible study at the beginning of the year. And actually, my son Christian was the one who started us on this, of just reading through the Bible just together. And As you read through the program, you can make a comment after each day. And I wrote down one of Christian's comments. He said, there's been a whole lot of deception going on here between families, but God has stayed faithful and continues to bless this bloodline all because of one man, Abraham. And when you read the Bible and you just start just in Genesis, because we're still on Genesis, there's a lot of stuff. The first child was Cain. Cain killed his brother. Then you had Abraham who Lied and told two men that his wife was a sister. Then you had Jacob who stole a blessing and deceived his brother. And then you had all of the brothers who tried to kill the brother Joseph. And then you had Reuben who tried to save the brother, but Reuben had slept with his daddy's concubine. You had all this stuff going on. And still, you all say, and still. And still God blessed them to know me. See, we got all this stuff going on. 
Yes, we do. You may not have done all it to that level, but you got some stuff going on that ain't pleasing to God, and you know it. We got all this stuff going on, and still God blesses us, and still he is merciful, and still he is grateful, and still his grace abounds. So we got all of this stuff going on. Even though I hadn't done what God had told me to do the last time I asked about the new year, still he was blessing me. And as we move into this new season, and George made a statement on the Bible commentary that was deep. He says, the blessings of God are always beyond expectation. The blessings of God are always beyond expectation. And I woke up this past Thursday morning. And another revelation hit me about that. What God told me to focus on was Coach Bronner. Coach Bronner is an inspirational daily thing that I do on email and social media every day. But I thought about that thing. When I woke up Thursday morning, it was just in my spirit. I am Coach Bronner. I am Coach Bronner. Some of you all just need to focus on you. You need to get yourself straight. You need to improve you. So when God says focus on Coach Bronner, I automatically assumed he was talking about the social media project. But I'm Coach Bronner. (laughs) And it took me two years to come to that realization and understanding that I needed to get me better. See, Coach Bronner helps to get the world and other folk better. But he said, you need to focus on Coach Bronner. And it's probably both of them. I need to focus on helping the world But I need to focus on getting me better, too. You got the same issue. You need to focus on helping others and on helping the world, but you need to focus on getting you together, too. So as I began to deal with all of this, and Earl and I, we went to dinner that evening, that Tuesday, and I went out for a walk, left the house. I walked down the road going on the highway. And when I walked, in six minutes, I passed the flags. (laughs) I said, you mean to tell me these flags are six minutes away from the house and it's straight down, there was no turns. He went right out the driveway, walked straight down the road, and six minutes, there are the flags. I said, you have got to be kidding me. And I, I walked, went on a few miles. Like when I came back, I actually counted the steps back to that. It was 750 steps, which is about a third of a mile, which takes 40 seconds to drive. You mean to tell me I was a 40-second drive away, and it took me one hour and 10 minutes. (laughs) Folks, sometimes you are just this far away from what God has for you. And all you got to do is get in line with what God wants. You're this far away. But if you're out of God's will, you go all around the world trying to use man stuff, trying to do it your way, trying to figure it out with your intellect, and you never follow God. And we end up spending all of this time, all of this frustration, all of this effort. And Earl and I, we went to dinner, and I said, let's just go to the other end of the island. So we drove to the other end of the island, and the other end is a marina. We saw the sign, Restaurant Marina. We had to even go past a guardhouse because it's real exclusive area with all these big yachts and everything. So we went in the restaurant. We're sitting in the restaurant. The lady had just brought our food. There's no black folk there other than working in the restaurant. And a Caucasian lady walks by. She walks by about another 20 feet, and all of a sudden I hear her hollering, 
Oh my goodness, I just love that shirt. She didn't come up, she hollers it. So everybody in the restaurant hears this lady. And she's just hollering, I just love that shirt. And she walks up to me and she says, I really just love that shirt. She said, look, I own the store here on this facility. She said, I want to sell that shirt in my store. How do I get that shirt? That's why I wore this shirt today. This is the exact shirt I wore. I said, well, I really don't sell the shirts. <laughs> she said, how can I get that shirt in my store? I want to sell that shirt in my store. She said, is that your business? I said, no, it's not my business. It's not what I do. And then she said something deep. She says, how do you know that is not your divine destiny to do? So I'm sitting there early and it almost sent chills through both of us. She said, how do you know that is not your divine destiny to do? I said, to sell shirts? <laughs> See, you don't know where God is leading you. But you will never find out if you don't go and do what he's told you to do. So I had to learn, and just from that, so I came back with a whole new, I, I got to do what God has told me to do. I can't do it for a few months and just stop. I got to keep going till he tell me to stop. And right now, at the time, Coach Bronner went to 50,000 followers on Instagram. Now it's at 45,000 followers. It dropped five because I stopped focusing on it. If I'd have been focusing, maybe it'd have been at 500,000 by now. So when you deviate from what God has told you to do, it takes you a whole lot longer and you go through a whole lot more frustration and turmoil and burn up a whole lot more gas than you need to. And I have to entitle this just the pastor struggle part two. Because <laughs> I went through some stuff and just for a scripture at the end, just Psalms 119, 133. Put up the sixth slide, rather. This is the poster that actually I made. And it simply says, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I heard this as I walked in as Mr. Hardy was praying. And he said, Lord, don't let me deviate and sin. Just ask God to just order your steps. Order your steps and then follow the ordering of the steps. It's as simple as that. Lord, order my steps and let no iniquity have dominion over me. For those of you who have heard the voice of God and you've seen his power and you've seen his leading. But like most New Year's resolutions, you started out and you fell off the wagon. Get back on it. Don't spend an hour and 10 minutes for something that should take you 40 seconds to get there. God wants to take you where you are destined to go. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was part two of the sermon titled The Pastor's Struggles by Nathaniel Bronner. This sermon is number 5859. That's 5859. To listen to thousands of free sermons or to send this sermon number 5859 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the world.